Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. called this episode melissa yeah that's what it should be called just the word melissa yes i wish melissa hadn't taken a dark turn so we could laugh more about it i know we need to come back to this later but yeah we'll be discussing click, melissa in more detail right for you for you guys I almost just swore so it's so funny grace i've been getting an influx of dms from last week's episode about people wanting to know where to find weed gummies and I had like the cutest girl message me and she goes um she was asking for the brand and I was like wait um do you live in London and she was like no I'm in Brisbane and I was like oh no there's no brand sweetie there's no brand (laughs) please call this sus number and enter awd20 at the checkout yeah I know I was like we should we should create a brand of them yeah well it's annoying because we tried legal ones and yes. they just made us depressed yeah and then this... we used illegal ones and they made us like really happy and relaxed yeah so i'm sorry everybody you're gonna have to refer to drug dealers for that yeah unfortunately but it was pretty funny i was like imagine if there was a brand and we could awd branded weed gummies should be released on our merch site soon yeah well start we baking could, the new seth rogan we could start out cannabis empire but sadly there's no hope in australia there was like some really disturbing footage of scott morris in one of his like hill song events and he the two advocate did a really funny article where they were like the one time a year that scott morrison sings with his eyes closed and makes us all want to kill ourselves and that's no, what i don't it get it sorry you know when people sing really passionately in church and they close their eyes and sing yeah because it's one of the biggest events that he's filmed at. There's like footage comes out every year of his closing his eyes and like passionately singing Christian songs. Oh my God. 
And then he told everyone at the congregation that it was God's plan for him to be prime minister. So embarrassing. It should literally be illegal to be religious and the prime minister. Yeah. Or like openly. Yeah. Just keep it to yourself. Yeah, of course. Because it's just like... The showing... only religion I'm intolerant of is Christianity. Yeah, it's just showing your completely biased views. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that you don't support a whole bunch of the population. Meanwhile, over the ditch, good old Jacinda is donating a million New Zealand dollars to India who are having a really, really horrible COVID breakout. It's so, it's, it's awful. It's so devastating. Yeah. And it's just because the stupid prime minister was trying to, um, it was an election year. So he was trying to be like, it's all good. Let's get the economy going. COVID's fine. COVID's not a thing. Reminiscent of another horrible president and now the country's fucked. They recorded the highest number of cases ever at like 300,000 last week in a daily record. And that will be like a quarter of the actual cases. Yeah, it's so bad. There was all these rumors this week that Boris Johnson told people, I don't care if the bodies are piled up this yeah. high. That sounds like a made up quote to me. Yeah, because he wants to get the economy going. I believe that he would prefer keep the economy open and is happy to have more deaths to keep the economy going like i do believe that but i don't believe that he said i don't it sounds like something a movie villain would say i know i don't care if the bodies are piled up to my door we're gonna keep the economy going he'd just be like we're keeping the economy going and also the reason that he hasn't done that the whole time isn't the deaths it's because the nhs gets overrun within like one second so we have to keep shutting down here yeah exactly it's just a logistical thing yeah yeah interesting covid updates (laughs) we're together we're together izzy was just dyeing my hair with a box dye yeah (laughs) poor girls i'm actually not poor i'm just experimenting with a new lifestyle i box dye yeah but i box dye because i get gray hair and i'm brunette your hair's quite i feel like with blonde it's quite dangerous not to have someone do it professionally but then this guy called josh wood who's a really great colorist created box dyes for his vip clients for covid and apparently they're so good that he started selling them to the general population. <laughs> Being AKA you. me. Yeah. So we've tried it, but it could be a disaster. Yeah. And we'll then we had to delay recording the pod by like half an hour because Grace was just like, oh, just quickly dye my hair. And then we had to wait half an hour and then she had to have a shower. And then we had to wait for the bathroom fan to go off. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, we I've watched lots of 60 Minutes, minutes and... which is our new favorite show. Yeah, it's the best show. And drinking gin and tonics. We also have been really healthy and not really drinking that much we played tennis last week and it was actually quite a funny awd cut to because we were the only women on the tennis courts and we both can't play tennis and we were just whacking these balls across the court and like back and forth and these cute little outfits and just i'm screaming gossip across the court it was amazing the guys on either side of us were really seriously playing and boys are so funny because they're friends but they're really competitive with each other Mm. so if someone knocked it out They'd be like, that was out. And they'd fight about it. Whereas you were like, I think mine was out. I was like, no, it wasn't. It was a beautiful, perfect <laughs> shot. And that's your point, And you earned it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you were, um, we were like screaming about how one of our friend's partners wouldn't be a good father. <laughs> and, then, and then the balls like were going all over the show. And the men had to keep pausing their games and throwing and the balls like, back. And we were like, thank you. Yeah, it was so stupid. But I love it. I love our new life as tennis girls there's tennis girls who don't really drink i've been experimenting with non-alcoholic spirits and i'm obsessed with everleaf which tastes like an aperol spritz mm-hmm. and you have it with diet tonic water and a slice of orange 
Wow, very refreshing. Very refreshing. Enter AW28. No, I wish. <laughs> I, I wish. Sponsor us. Just give us some cash, Ivoli. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very into our new restrained life. I mean, we weren't like huge drinkers, but... I was a much bigger drinker than you. I'm not a through-the-week drinker because... Um, also, Donna, my mum, has given uh, up drinking. Round of applause for Donna, honestly. <laughs> it's been a month. It's been five weeks since mum had a drop of alcohol. And for all of my friends who listen to this, who know Donna well, that is one accomplishment. So I'm really proud of my mum and I sent her flowers. Um, and then every time I speak to her, I get worried that she's drunk again. So I like don't ask her. And then yesterday she texted me and was like, still not drinking, loving life. I'm so proud of her. It's a really hard thing to do. Alcohol is a very addictive substance. And I think that we actually meant to interview someone ages ago about this. Mm. A woman called, I think her name's Holly Willoughby, and she runs the first AA type thing for women and basically argues that a lot of the way that Alcoholics Anonymous and other sobriety programs are set up is with the way that men respond in mind and that for women, the way that they come to sobriety is quite different. So she's Mm. written books and has programs that are all about a very feminine focused approach, which I think is really cool. Really? I should send mum that because yeah, I think more than anything for her and for a lot of women or just people in general, it's more a habit than even an addiction. Like Mm -hmm. it's just a thing that you get used to doing every night. Mm Mm-hmm. So you just continue doing it and then you kind of rely on it or something. Like even how I was saying I rely on it when we're out in social situations because I feel like I can't be funny without it. That's a reliance Mm -hmm. on a substance. Exactly. And if you read the kind of parameters for what alcohol addiction looks like, a lot of people would be like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. No, at the doctors um, here, you have to fill out a form about your alcohol intake. And then depending what the number gets at the bottom, it says whether you're unhealthy and if you and if you get an unhealthy number you have to talk to the doctor about it and I did mine and got an unhealthy number and just crossed it out and wrote like a, a lower one and then I talked Actually. to my friend Hannah about it and I was like oh my god I got I drink so much I got this number and she was like no dude it's like if I got that number too and I had to cross it out so yeah. all of us are drinking in an unhealthy way yeah totally I think it's such a massive thing that people are really scared to talk about because when you stop drinking like when I stopped drinking for a long period of time I just looked back on my behavior when I was drinking and it wasn't even like outrageous party girl behavior. It was just the way most people behave when they're drunk. But I was like, that isn't normal. Mm. Not to be like judgy or anything. I'm just like the fact that I thought it was normal to write entire weekends off or to have blackouts of certain periods or to wake up with all of this shame and feeling of regret, not knowing what I'd said or not knowing if I'd upset someone or like sending weird messages. All that stuff is just not, it's not a nice way to live and it's not a normal wait like whatever normal means yeah. you don't have to live like that basically yeah you can you deserve to live with peace of mind and to be happy and we are drinking a gin and tonic as we say this and we had a few drinks on saturday night and i probably had a bottle of wine over the course of the night and i woke up the next day feeling super anxious and super scatterbrained like my mm-hmm. brain was just everywhere i couldn't focus i'd work to do and I felt really insecure and all over the show and anxious. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize that I'd been feeling like that. Like I actually was just like used to it or something. Yeah, or I just, just thought that that was like the distance yeah. and perspective to see that that's happening. Yeah. Totally. Wild. My friend Leah, we always talk about how she's like trying to do things for future Leah, where she's like, whenever <laughs> I'm making cute. It's such a cute thing. And it's just so obvious when you say it with money or just obvious with money, with being healthy, with eating well, with blah, 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 all the boring stuff. 
she's like, I just try to think about being nice to future Leah instead of making future Leah's life more difficult. That's and I was really like, that's cute. a really good thing. Like, think about how you want future Grace to feel on Sunday morning. Mm. Mm. So I have just been reading while you showered an article about the end of Kimye. So Alison P. Davies did a big piece for Vulture about their marriage and relationship. And I found it really interesting because there were heaps of things I didn't know. Like I kind of knew that Kanye had been obsessed with Kim for ages, but I didn't know it was since he met her in 2003. He was just like, I want to be with her. Apparently she just came to the like music studio, of course, with one of her mates. And then he said he was in love with her by 2006 and they didn't get together till 2012. Yeah. Um, the fact that they broke up actually makes me quite sad. They've staggered it in a way that it hasn't given us this resolute feeling because it was rumours and then it was kind of confirmed, mm. but it's all been done so quietly that I feel like we haven't had a moment to just mourn the death of Kimye. Yeah, and in this Vulture piece, the writer's kind of exploring what the appeal of them was. And she's saying it was literally the fact that they seemed just so well suited for each other. And it was a strangely reassuring that these two people who had kind of had really public lives and had quite intense past. So Kim had been married twice and bad relationships and Kanye had like a really public relationship with Amber Rose and that they then came together and found each other seemed like this really weird kind of happily ever after. I wrote a piece for Grazia at the time of them, the rumors of their divorce coming out about the impact that them getting together had on fashion. And I think it's like so massive to the point where people don't even realize it now, but because it was around the time of my dark, beautiful twisted fantasy, which is still considered one of the best albums of like the last 20 years, everyone was obsessed with Kanye in this very elevated high art way. And Kim was still very lowbrow reality TV, reality TV. And Kanye West just craved a huge mainstream fame. And she just craved credibility. If you're a marketing genius, you couldn't have picked a better melding of two brands because it's like he bought her cool factor Mm. and made it okay for brands to embrace her in a fashion sense. And then she made him a celebrity in the most mass media idea of the celebrity. Like tabloids probably wouldn't have covered Kanye before. But it's so crazy that he would have wanted that. Yeah, I think he's, it's just that kind the, of the, um, egomania ego, yeah. thing. Yeah, And I think Beyonce and Jay-Z were kind of similar in that way where when they got together, Destiny's Child was seen as a little bit pop and not lame, but not cool. Mm-hmm. And Jay-Z was seen as very cool, but was that niche rap market and like combined as a relationship. He bought her street cred and she bought him mass appeal basically. And that's why... These partnerships are so interesting, I guess. It's kind of with like any famous celebrity couple, David and Victoria Beckham, it's like they're a couple that fall in love, but they're also this genius melding of two brands. Yeah, it's so wild. David and hyper brand. David and Victoria Beckham is just crazy. Like the world's most famous football star and the world's biggest girl band member. Getting together at what, like nineteen and twenty or something, getting married and they're still together today. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. But it's... Despite his rumoured affairs with everybody in the world. I know. But yeah, and it talks about... This piece talks about how as much as it's a love story, like you said, it was also a story about power and the conquest and cross-promotion and influence and wealth amassed and of equal playing fields. Because Kanye had talked about wanting a woman who was as successful as him, which he obviously found with Kim. And then now he's saying... I can't, I can't believe we didn't talk about this last week because he said it like a week ago or something. 
that he the only thing he's said since his divorce from Kim is that he wants to date an artist. And I listened to a podcast today and they said that that's practically him coming out as gay. Because <laughs> well, it yeah, is like an it, open secret that he bosses men. And like there was all those rumors that part of the reason they broke up was because he was like bossing Jeffree Star in a ranch in Wyoming. And then yeah. Jeffree Star was like completely fanning the flames by posting all these photos and tagging a ranch in Wyoming. Yeah, which I don't think is true. But Do you think he was just... Do you I not think, think it's true? I don't think that's true. I think they broke up because Kanye was a shit dad and was never around. <laughs> And also because he told... He's coming out with these, like, red-hot... Well, he also told... Accusations. ...the world that Kim was about to abort North. I know, but he did seem like he was in a... I know, but you'd just get a bit... Health I think I think that he had, like, a mental health crisis, and then I feel like me being this psychologist, I feel like Kim just got sick of trying to help him, and he wouldn't help himself. I, I think she wouldn't even care if he was having an affair. I feel like they were separated, technically, for, like, quite a while yeah. before all this stuff has happened. Yeah, I feel like... Cause there were all these reports that after he had that public breakdown and ran for president, she was like, you have to take your meds. And he was just like, no. And then he just takes off all the time to Wyoming and he just never seems like he's around. I don't think she would care if he was sleeping with men, to be honest. I would love to see Kanye find love. I think we all have a massive soft spot for him because he is a genius. Mm-hmm. And yeah, who, who are we thinking? He wants to date an artist. Azealia Banks put her hand up. If he dated Azealia be- Banks, that would literally end in a homicide on, like, one side or <laughs> no another. Shit. That would, like, not be... Yeah. yeah, big Gemini energy. I really can't imagine. Like, I've always felt like Kanye has almost asexual energy. I don't know. Him and Kim made sense to me as, like, a branding exercise as a, as a thing to look at. But I, I think it would be really cool if he did something like, God, what's his name? Rick Owens and went out with some 30 years older, sick artist woman mm. like michelle lamy he also, needs to do something of... interesting if he goes out with some young hot chick it'll be so boring but i i kind of don't think that will happen no me neither he'll go out with someone with either heaps of credibility or someone we don't really know yeah but it's kind of a dig at kim saying he wants to date an artist now she's literally the, one she of the best artists of artist. our generation <laughs> okay skims kkw beauty creating this reality tv empire yeah Agreed. I watched a really good interview with her with Jonathan Vandermeer or whatever his name is, the Vogue celebrity interviewer. And she's just great. She's just really smart and normal and chill. I love you coming around to Kim. I know. Yeah. I love her. She is great. I she's really want her to marry Van Jones. I've just decided that that needs to happen. I can't see one more post about Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker. It's getting so embarrassing. Like, I was kind of behind that. I thought it seemed like a nice little couple, and, and now they're just going too far. And it's, like, hit that point where they're, like, indulging in the fandom, yes. which is always a that's red... What yeah, that's what they're doing. That's a red flag. Needs to stop. Needs to stop. Me with my cat. I can't imagine people standing my relationship. Like, I just feel like that's such a funny idea that people are, like, hanging on your every post, and then you're thinking, oh, should we post this? I'll post that. They're grown men and women they're in their 40s it's <laughs> yeah, embarrassing yeah. like yeah. get a grip so oh yeah do you want to talk about what you've started watching so i watched mayor of east town which i you've heard of i feel like it's everywhere at the moment mm-hmm. i just saw it on someone's instagram last night and screenshot it yeah so it's i think it's hbo murder mystery series with kate winslet and kate winslet's just she's just such a good actress mm. she really she's just a pleasure to watch it's such a classic kind of terrible slash sexist 
like the end of the first episode is just this hot naked dead woman splayed across a <laughs> lake like it's that kind of vibe but i really like it so far there's only two episodes and there's a girl called andrury rice in it who's australian and she's great she's got like margot sam weaving written all over her really looks similar to them really good in it is kate winslet a cop kate winslet's like a a cop that like eats junk food and mm. doesn't dye her hair and like doesn't me on care. Sunday, <laughs> eating McDonald's. <laughs> I got McDonald's chips and a McFlurry. Oh, amazing! She's always eating a Philly cheesesteak, which is one of my favorite foods. <laughs> it's just like a, a like, literal loaf of bread with just meat and cheese inside it. But that's really good. And then I watched Do the Right Thing by Spike Lee, which is an old '80s movie that you'd really like. Hmm. It's one of his first big movies. And there was a lot of controversy that it didn't get nominated for Oscars at the time it came out. Right. And what's her name? Kim Basinger was going out with Prince and at the time it came out and she presented something at the Oscars and she was like, hey, I'm about to present this category, but do the right thing was robbed. And everyone was like, fuck you, Kim Basinger, but she's a legend for doing that. And the movie is one of the best movies I've seen ever. It should be like a classic famous movie in the history of american movies and it shows that everyone is racist oh my god i'm gonna watch it tonight it's so good it's really great music we should watch it after the pod oh yeah (laughs) since you like watching movies a thousand times a thousand times it's set in what's it called bedford stuyvesant or whatever Mm -mm, where sophia Rowe lives there she talks about a lot it used to be like a black neighborhood in all through the 50s 60s 70s and it started getting gentrified and it's basically about Italian in New York, York. an Italian family that owns an Italian pizzeria there, but all their clientele are black and like the dynamics of like Korean immigrants and Italian immigrants and African-Americans and you're watching it and it's really kind of fun and enjoyable. And then the police arrive and it takes this really dark turn. It's just crazy to me to watch something that was made in 1986. I watched it a few days after the George Floyd verdict came out and I was just like, this conversation has literally been going on oh, forever. for 80 yeah. years. No, this movie yeah. could be released tomorrow yeah. and it would win every Oscar at the Oscars because it touches on the exact same things we're all talking about. Yeah. And I was just thinking like the exasperation you must feel to make that movie before we were born and, <laughs> and have the same thing still happening yeah. now. What's the um, Ava DuVernay Netflix film that everyone was talking oh, about? The 19th? The 13th, yeah. I think it was in that or it was in something I was watching at the time of, I think the 13th and it just showed literally back to like the beginning of TV Mm. or the beginning of papers, just cops killing black people, cops killing black people, outrage, outrage, cops killing black people, outrage, cops killing black people. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. The International Crime Coordination Center, I think it's called the ICCC. I read a headline this morning that said they've literally called it like a crime against humanity, the police treatment of African-Americans mm. after an internal investigation. Yeah. It's like so insane. Yeah. But that, um, that movie is great. People okay. should watch it. Fab. I have from highbrow to very lowbrow. <laughs> I have been, well, firstly, I've started watching Mad Men for the first time ever. Have yes. you seen it? Yeah. I, I've only watched the first two seasons, even though they were really good. They didn't stop being good. I just stopped yeah <laughs> i love elizabeth moss and john ham fab 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 i um, know this is like not what we should be talking about but i just can't get over how beautiful january jones is 
I didn't even realize that was January Jones, but yeah, she's gorgeous. She's his like, wife. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's like staggering. I forget who she is. I don't know why. Yeah, she's awesome on Instagram. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And I've been watching Love Island season three. Great. Re- reality TV at the moment just soothes my soul. I was so hungover on Sunday and I just started watching the first season of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah. I watched that last year. Ah, it's so good. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. And that woman, Taylor. Yes. Her asshole husband. Yes. Like, killed himself. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it was it, so it's crazy to watch show. Like, it's, the whole thing. Yeah, the whole <gasps> thing's in the show. Like, yeah, like, you couldn't script it. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is, is like, impeccable reality TV. When I was in Los Angeles on exchange, uh, like, eight years ago, seven years ago, when I met Zach... My friends from back home in Perth were there and they're like, we need to go to this restaurant. And it was Big Sur. Mm-hmm. Is it called Big Sur? Yeah. And they were Kyle like, Richards. I mean, sorry, not Kyle Richards. Lisa Vanderpump. Lisa Vanderpump's um, And they're like, we need to go there. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And we went and they were filming the show. It must have been Vanderpump Rules. And they were freaking out. And I'm so angry at myself that I didn't know the reference because at the time I was like, I don't get what's happening. Yeah. I was going to a bunch of her restaurants when I was in LA last. because She's my favorite. Is she everyone's favorite? I think she is, yeah. She's fab. I was watching it when I was living in LA for that three-month period. Not last year, the year before. Whenever we, I can't believe we've been doing the pod for that long. I've lived in like... A hundred cities. A hundred cities. But um, yeah, I was watching it while I was living in West Hollywood and we kept walking past all her restaurants and she was building a new restaurant at the time. But I was on the first season and then I Googled by accident because I just had no idea how much had happened. And yeah, I found out that Taylor's husband had killed himself. All the stuff had happened. What? He was a d- domestic violence abuser, which doesn't mean it's not sad, but that's why we're being flippant about him. Yeah, and himself. then what's his face? Camille, who's married to that famous... Oh, Kelsey Grammer's wife. Kelsey they Grammer's all got wife. divorced. I was Googling them all yeah, and like Google. six of them had got divorced the year the show that came out. No, yeah. And then it's all in the second season. It's it's incredible. So you w- literally watch Camille trying to get in touch with Kelsey Grammer and he's taken off with a flight attendant who served him in first class Heaven. who he's married to now. And he's like a full Trump supporter as well, yes. Kelsey Grammer. And isn't his new wife in Housewives? Of oh, New York. I'm pretty sure his yeah. new wife is a real housewife of New York Incredible. now. I love the real housewives. I love the real <laughs> Yolanda housewives. Yolanda Hadid comes on later. That, that's right. And yeah. Brandy Granville or whatever. Yeah, and, and Yolanda, like Bella and Gigi are all in it, which is so funny because they've managed to really swerve being associated Tainted with the real housewives. That. I loved the real housewives of Melbourne <laughs> and I like put up with the real housewives of Sydney. The real housewives of Sydney. I think there's a real housewives of Auckland. That's awesome. Real Housewives of Sydney were like genuinely despicable people. <laughs> like the things they were doing were. Of course. It was, I, I think Foxtel shut it down after one season because it was so. Naughty. Disgusting. Like the things they were doing to each other. <laughs> there was one scene where someone like threw a woman's expensive jacket like into Sydney Harbour because she was angry. At oh my God. I know. Who was that crazy woman? There was like a crazy woman who at an art gallery just went crazy and started throwing shit everywhere and she was like not well in the head athena x i think her name was in sydney yeah mm. i haven't watched those ones these but... women are like much more calm and relaxed in beverly hills which is oh funny. you need to wait till taylor has a full meltdown it's a meme everywhere the taylor. meme where she points yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah i love kyle kyle's amazing kyle's great well i mean we're so early on that people who have watched the whole season will be hating us right now because do people turn on kyle i think something happens 
Kyle and Lisa like aren't friends anymore for sure. No, yeah, they'll be friends. My two faves. I know. God, sorry to everyone. <laughs> this Apologies. episode has like nine listens because everyone switches How far in are we? 29 minutes. Are we? Yeah. All of us. <laughs> A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Okay, let's talk about the Oscars. Yes. Down, lowest rated Oscars ever, down 58% on last year, which was down 20% on the year before for a record low. I think we can blame that almost entirely on the pandemic. But I also think the pandemic has made us be like, shit, like the Oscars is really Random. dumb. <laughs> I literally forget every single time that you can watch it. Like, I think I would have watched it if I realized. Uh, it's it a really on. bad time for us here. I think right, it was like yeah. three in the morning or something. Yeah. In Australia, it's, the timing's actually really good. Yeah. I remember when we used to cover it at work and it would be like 3 p.m. Yeah. Um, what happened? So red carpet-wise, everybody was in cutout dresses. <laughs> I don't know. It, was just, it just felt like kind of embarrassing that cutout dresses are obviously a trend, but then every celebrity just decided to wear them on the red carpet even everyone was losing their minds over zendaya's dress and i was like i like that it's a sure reference and i like that it's uh, it's a very like thinly veiled sure reference as well i feel like that was like really overstated yeah and i love that it was yellow because yellow is a cool color but other than that i was like boring should we go through everyone that's kind of fun not everyone but a few yeah where are you looking um okay i'll send it the link to you okay so carrie mulligan obviously looks great but i'm just i don't know i'm just not a huge fan of that dress yeah the dress is the same dress that dakota johnson wore a while ago i think in white and it she looked incredible or yeah. very very similar mm-hmm. i love carrie mulligan though now yeah so do i i yeah. like she looks obviously no, yeah. beautiful she's gorge but yeah i don't know i think it's the color or something yeah. i think that i think it would have looked so incredible if it was in Black. She's in like a gold Valentino gown with a cutout, of course. We get it. You're skinny. No, I'm kidding. She looks amazing. <laughs> I know. Cutouts being a trend right now. I'm like, okay, <laughs> not 
literally 0.5% of the population can wear these because it's just a cut out right at your stomach. You just yeah. have to have the flattest abs. Yeah, totally. I mean, Sente obviously looks beautiful, but it, it, to me, it's not a knockout red carpet moment from someone who has truly bought her A game constantly. I honestly feel like it's setting the tone for the Oscars being a non-event and that's yeah, probably it, because her film wasn't even nominated. It looks like her dress is for something of the same grandeur as the MTV Music Awards kind of vibe. Fully. Like, I think that outfit is cool if she was going to something like that. But for the Oscars, it feels random. Yeah. But the Oscars in general felt random. And I think the evidence of that is, like, Amanda Seyfried. I think she looks really nice. I think it's really beautiful. It's very, like, old Hollywood glamour. And it just felt jarring to me. Mm. And I think this is the problem with the Oscars this year. So we both read this story in The New Yorker about the history of Oscars fashion. It was really fascinating. It was about how its first 23 years, the Oscars was a private event that was not filmed. It was like an industry dinner and the results were reported in the paper the next day. As it became televised and as public interest grew, they began to hire fashion consultants. So Edith Head is like a really, really famous old Hollywood costume designer. They hired her to coordinate with the stars to turn it into a fashion event and I think there was a case where like Sissy Spacek wore something really chill when she won her Oscar in the 70s and they literally enforced really strict dress codes the next year because they were like, we want this to be a highly, highly formal, highly elevated event. This Oscars was organized by Steven Soderbergh, who's a very famous director, and he put out a dress code that basically said this isn't as formal as normal so we want you to go not casual but doesn't have to be too formal and i think confusing that confused dress code really came through in the clothes because yeah i I think that's a horrible dress code don't you think i would would hate that so much it's like you're getting ready to go to the oscars if you're going to the oscars you want to dress up or like if it's your first time i guess for people who go over a year you're probably a bit over it but you want that formality or you just want a dress code that's not ambiguous like that like chloe zhao for example chloe zhao wore hermes and then sneakers and white sneakers <laughs> right and like i loved that and she looked yes. great but that didn't even really make a statement because there was this whole spectrum of casual to dressed up if you took every, the background out of every photo almost everyone could be at a different event like my best dress were regina king in louis vuitton yeah she looks gorgeous looked just looking at her amazing and felt like the only one that struck the perfect Note. balance and yes. lakeith stanfield who i'm just obsessed with and he was in saint laurent and he looked brilliant but that didn't look like an oscars outfit it looked like a grammy's outfit or an emmy's outfit mm-hmm. or something yeah, it was, was all just confused and the fact you had chloe Zhao next to amanda seyfried it all just felt like very confused and obviously it was like a very limited event in terms of attendance it was basically only people who were nominated or people whose films were nominated i think yes celeste looked gorgeous and gucci yeah i just love her her little heart Nick, uh, bag yeah. is super cute. I loved Olivia Coleman's dress. I actually think she looked really beautiful. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Riz Ahmed and his sexy, intelligent wife. Gorge, 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 gorge. She's a New York Times best-selling author. Fatima Farin Mirza. In his interview with Louis Theroux, he talked about meeting her and they met at a coffee shop. Yuck, so cute. So cute. <laughs> Just randomly met and he chatted her up and then realized she was an author and they got married in his backyard during covid oh my god muffins gorgeous they both look perfect they've nailed the confusing dress code (laughs) yes as a couple yes 
I like clicked through to her Instagram and was just getting obsessed with how like beautiful and talented and smart she is. And she has let her gray hairs. Oh, does she? Amazing. Yeah, which makes me love her even more. She's just perfect. Riz Ahmed is a really, really, really good actor. And hot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He went to school in Northwest. Did he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, he talked about that with Louis Theroux. Yeah, he mentioned somewhere near where. Yeah, I got a drink at the pub right by his school the other day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jeff Patel also went to school around there. Oh, really? Mm. God, producing some talent. Okay, so let's talk about the awkward ending of the Oscars. They Okay, let's talk about something else quickly. They did this weird thing where they told like tidbits about the nominees instead of showing clips from the movies, which I, I found jarring. It's like one of those things that's a good idea on paper and random in real life. Mm, I didn't watch it, so I don't know. I just saw like clips of it. And then they changed the order so that instead of the last category being best picture, which is normal, they made it best actor. And that was obviously... Like best actress and best actor. And like, I guess also because... Everyone knew Best Picture was going to be Nomadland. Yes. So they've obviously like changed the structure based on who they thought was going to win. (laughs) And they thought that Chadwick Boseman, who sadly died this year, was going to take out Best Actor. He was like tipped by everyone to win for My Rainey's Black Bottom. And so they did Nomadland winning Best Picture, Best Actress, and then Best Actor last. But because Anthony Hopkins in a surprise twist won (laughs) for The Father. He was even surprised. He hadn't even turned up or recorded an acceptance speech because he was so confident that he wouldn't win. He was somewhere in the middle of nowhere in Wales and no one had been briefed to accept the award on his behalf because everyone was so confident that it was going to be Chadwick Boseman. Why can't they just cheat a little bit and check these things? Exactly. Like how the fucking Moonlight La La Land thing happened. It's like be more across it. It's okay if you guys know we're not bothered. Yeah, it's okay if you tell the hosts who won. Like those hosts before they opened the slip you know who's won so they're not reading out La La Land Emma Stone. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so it basically just cut to black and finished. The whole three hour broadcast. Because they just had nothing to do. Because they didn't have like a thing recorded. Olivia Coleman didn't do it on his behalf because she hadn't been briefed to nothing happened and it just suddenly finished and people said it was like the oh, I, I don't want to tell you <laughs> the ending of the Sopranos like just suddenly cuts to black like with Ugh. something that's yeah, not really a spoiler but Sopranos, it's, yeah, yeah they were like it was like that where everyone was just watching and they're like oh is the whole thing over now oh my god yeah Anthony Hopkins didn't think he was gonna win so then the next day he did a quick thing on Instagram giving a shout out to Chad McBoseman and people were saying how did this happen and they were thinking that it's kind of this situation where everyone assumed it's kind of like the Hillary Clinton thing. Everyone assumed mm-hmm. Chadwick was going to win. So then they voted for other people. You know how people randomly do that? Mm-hmm. They're just like, or even, for example, in the New Zealand election. Sorry, this is like kind of random. Everyone thought Labour was going to win. Jacinda was going to win. So then more people voted for Greens because the, so that the Green Party would get more seats. But uh-huh. then it's also like if so many people vote for Greens that Labour doesn't win then you're fucked. But it's also kind of random because there's no second place. So just vote for the person. I think we make this mistake all the time now where we think what is discussed in like the New York Times and Twitter is a reflection of how everyone feels. We're Mm -hmm. taking that for being just everyone's opinion, whereas a very small amount of people are informing the way that those articles are written or the way that Twitter conversation is happening. And apparently Anthony Hopkins, I Haven't Seen the Father, was truly mind-blowingly good. He's obviously one of the best actors of our generation 
in the father maybe a lot of people just said i'm literally just going to vote for what i think the best performance is and Mm. because we as a certain type of left-wing young millennial media informed new york times reading twitter audience are only getting our views and opinions on everything from that it's shocking to us but maybe if you're like the people that are actually reviewing movies and are looking at it with an objective stance yeah, it's also like such an Oscar. Um, I haven't seen The Father, but it's such a. Apparently, it's such an Oscar film. Yeah. So they love films where the main actor goes through a lot of different transformations, and Anthony Hopkins went through heaps of different, mm. like really stressful situations, and rah rah, and was really great in it. And Chadwick Boseman's brother said Chadwick would have been the first to wish Hopkins the best following his win, and that he wasn't obsessed with getting an Oscar. Like, obviously, it would have been nice to get one, but it's not the be all and end all. Yeah, totally. which I think is true, but it's just funny because it was obviously the Oscars trying really hard to remain relevant and with with all these changes with the dress code, mm. with hiring that guy to oversee the Oscars, and then for them to end thinking Chadwick was going to win and it was going to be this amazing moment where we were all going to be really, you know, leaving on this massive high. Yes. Yeah, and then for it to end like that is just so jarred and awkward. Yeah. <laughs> So sharp and awkward. It literally is. And I think that it calls into question. I don't want to like overstate this and be hyperbolic, but in the review that the New Yorker did of the event, they talked about Emerald Fennell, who won her first Oscar for the screenplay for Promising Young Woman. And they said, when Fennell won the first award of the night, her breathless excitement, a totally normal response to winning an Oscar, felt out of proportion with the whole event's casual vibe. Winning an Academy Award is only as big and as meaningful as what we invest in it. And that too seemed up for grabs. So like that Mm -hmm. idea that they were going to such an effort because they had Questlove DJ instead of having the orchestra and the way they sat down was totally different and they put the whole thing out of order and there was no host. There were so many differences. The dress code was different where they almost made it so casual that you're like, why do we care? Why are we watching this? (laughs) Yeah. It's like no one would give a shit about the presidential inauguration if they didn't have 400 a-list like singers at it making it the biggest event ever with fireworks going all night long you just make it important it's like anything it's like if you're dating someone and all of a sudden they seem to be desperately changing their personality to like cater to what you might like you just don't like them or respect them Mm. anymore it's like that kind of vibe if the oscars is drastically going to change their format every single year to fit in with what they think twitter will like the value of them as an institution that we should respect is just completely gone it's like well why does winning an oscar matter or why do we care about watching this event i don't know i think all the films that won were great films and that everything that happened was probably well deserved but i also think this idea of an elite group of people deciding what the best art is each year with a bunch of people getting dressed up in like multi-thousand dollar gowns and makeup to sit and receive gold statues. I don't know. Like it's obviously the pandemic. This is the first year I've been like, why do we even do this? <laughs> I know. It's like, why do we even do this? But also I love watching the red. I do usually like watching the Oscars and the red carpet and things. So yeah, I think same. hopefully post pandemic we'll be back into it. I saw some people saying that the Oscars should have just left it this year. And like maybe announced winners, but just not had an event. And that kind of would have got people jazzed up to see it next year. And it would have been a kind of nice nod to how disruptive the pandemic is to yeah, like, put it off for a year. Yeah. Even how there were random after parties, it, random public after parties, which seemed a bit off. Like the Vanity Fair Oscars party, which happens every year, was cancelled. But then there were a few other random public after parties, which seemed a bit off. Because obviously celebrities were 
partying quietly in their own homes, which they'd probably much prefer. <laughs> anyway, what are we on? Anna Delvey? Mm. Okay, so moving on. Now we're going to tell you all who Melissa is. If you're in Australia, you probably already know, or maybe you don't, because I feel like we would have heard about it from the various friends we have in media or publications. But I very vaguely heard about Melissa Caddick, who was a, or is a, who knows, woman in her like early 40s, who Mm -hmm. lived in Sydney and ripped off her friends and family for 20 million dollars she lived in a 6.2 million dollar three-level mansion in sydney's dover heights told everyone around her that she was this businesswoman who had made heaps of money at this company and then she'd left the company and got paid out millions i don't actually know where she got all that money to buy the houses and things in the first place or whether that's true or not but then what happened was she went on to con friends and family to give them her to give her them <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> to give her their reti- retirement savings that she was then going to invest because she's this amazing savvy businesswoman and she was going to make them heaps of money so her personal trainer this cute lesbian couple all of these people around her and stole millions and millions of dollars off them and the reason we started watching that on a 60 minutes on YouTube just before was because we'd originally gone on to watch Anna Delvey randomly going on 60 minutes Australia. I'm assuming that, cause I was like, why the fuck would Anna Delvey go on 60 minutes Australia? And I'm assuming she deserves that more. She deserves so much more. She deserves a Meghan Markle style interview with yes. Oprah Winfrey in yes. Montecito. But I'm assuming that her Netflix deal has banned her from doing press until the show comes out in America. Yeah. Like, that's the only reason I can guess. The Anna Delvey interview on 60 Minutes was brilliant and me and Izzy loved it and we'll go through it with some detail. But at the start, they were comparing it to Melissa. And then we watched another 60 Minutes called the devil wears steel yes <laughs> about melissa and it revealed that while stealing her nice cute friend's retirement money and pretending to invest it in the stock market she spent two hundred fifty thousand dollars at the dior boutique in sydney cbd that's not that much if she's getting 20 million yeah okay that's true but but bondi junction was making a lot of money from her yeah was it the bondi junction yeah. store i just find that such a manic way to spend your money well also she spent how much was it on two trips to fiji i was like melissa go further than fiji that's what i mean she spent twenty five thousand dollars on protein shakes she spent fifty wait you need to say that again okay she spent twenty five (laughs) thousand you said it too fast (laughs) i said it so casually like so normal okay she spent twenty five thousand on protein shakes that's normal she spent twenty five thousand dollars on protein shakes yes i loved it in the 60 minutes special where it showed like her a fake printed book of like a bank statement, <laughs> but it wasn't real. And it was like Vesti. Oh, sorry, not Vesti. It was like Farfetch, my Teresa, Netta Porter. <laughs> then it was like, she spent $50,000 at Chanel. I was like, babe, she got two things. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, not much. That is not much I'm to like, spend. Where's this money going? Spend it going into a boutique and buying full price looks from the Chanel or Dior boutique to me is like truly chaotic behavior or the behavior of someone who's like a bazillionaire. So I kind of get it, but I'm also like, it's so short-sighted to me. 
And I think this is what's interesting about people who are scammers is it's like, who are you scamming for? And it's usually this very tiny network of people they care about impressing Mm. that doesn't matter. Mm. And like, if you're getting people to give you money to invest, invest in it properly and build, (laughs) like, that's the game. Like getting people to give you millions of dollars to invest in is the game. No, but then she tried and she tried to invest a million dollars and lost it in the stock market. She needed to like (laughs) pay someone to do that. And she could have made, she could have made so much money, but it's also, I guess what she didn't want to do is give the money back to the people. So she was just spending all the, I don't know what her end game was. Obviously. I think you're not really thinking about an end game when you get caught up in these. I think you're panicked and you're thinking like, I need to maintain a certain lifestyle or just like, this is fine for now. It's fine for now. It's fine for now. And then, that's how I felt when I moved to Australia and thought that I hadn't filed my tax return because I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I thought I like owed money. And I was like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Then I finally went to an accountant and I was like about to burst into tears because I thought I would have owed money. And they were like, oh, you're owed $3,000. And I was like, oh, but it's like that feeling of just being so freaked out that you just ignore it. You just ignore the problem. I also think, so obviously it's 60 minutes and obviously it's not like the pinnacle of journalism, but I think that what they did, especially with the Anna Delvey interview, they interviewed this like annoying psychologist that kept talking about how Anna Delvey was this mastermind narcissist with no empathy and, and how she'd planned this huge con. And it just like completely negated to showcase that there's a spectrum of scamming that we are all sitting on yeah. <laughs> to a certain extent. Most people who are listening to this and we ourselves have been guilty of living beyond our means to present a certain image of ourselves in person or online. That is a form of scamming. And like the further along you get doing that, the more and more drastic you could get. If you got more and more obsessed with people seeing you a certain way, if you, you know, quote unquote, scammed yourself into like a certain lifestyle I think the phrase my friend was telling me this the other day, it's like lifestyle creep. It's when you, (laughs) it's like a money saving term. It's like the more money you make, you just creep up your expenditure to like match, you know? And it's very, I think we should feel sorry for these people that do this. Uh, uh, Like to a certain extent, obviously stealing your family and friends, retirement money. Melissa Caddick is so much more evil than Anna Delvey. Mm. Anna Delvey is like a Robin Hood. (laughs) But she was giving to herself because it's, she was just stealing from the rich. And it's like, like she said on the 60 Minutes thing, which I found so amazing. She's also had so much incredible work done. She, she looks, looks like Miranda fresh. Kerr. She literally, I was like, you look like Miranda <laughs> Kerr. And we said this on the podcast. I was like, she's going to spend all of her Netflix money on filler. Which she has And done. she certainly has. And it's paid off. I think her cutaways, like her B-roll film were done before she got the filler. Yeah. Because she looks really different in the cutaways than she does in the interview. Yeah, she, in the interview, she says people, so when the guy kept trying, the, the interviewer was just so perplexed by her because she wasn't giving him anything. It was so hilarious. She was saying <laughs> that she didn't regret jail and that no one's going to, so she, one of the reasons she got caught in the first place was because she had befriended this woman who was a photo editor at Vanity Fair and she'd been like shouting her dinners and hanging out with her heats. And she flew them both, I can't remember where, but somewhere overseas. Marrakesh. Marrakesh yeah. to like a luxury resort and put them up or seemingly put them up. And then the guy came into the their hotel room and wouldn't leave until a working credit card had been put down because they must have tried Anna's and it bounced. And so Anna forced the Vanity Fair girl to hand over her credit card and just said it would be just till she'd like worked out what was going on. And then the Vanity Fair girl got charged 60000 US dollars for their luxury retreat. Like, why did she have a credit card with a $60,000 Yeah, because obviously she's, like, she's rich. rich yeah. yeah. And then she, that's why she has a job at Vanity Fair. 
and then mm. she um wrote a book about it and then Anna goes no one's gonna read that girl's book she's just a photo editor at a fashion magazine I think you said at a fucking fashion magazine (laughs) um but she said that people are ripping people off literally all the time but we don't know about it and we also don't care about it because it's only a con when it's ripping off rich people because people just con poor people literally constantly all the rich people are conning poor people constantly that was the thing with donald trump with trump university i think and there was another thing where he he basically conned people into paying him all this money for a kind of fake education and i think the way that that is seen as this kind of well you know he just created the product and if they're stupid enough to buy it that's their fault like i think the way that we view things when rich people con poor people is that it's poor people's fault for not seeing the con and when poor people con rich people it's seen as they're like nefarious evil anti psychopathic don't have empathy people it was so bizarre to me the way they were discussing her in that 60 minutes interview because i was like you guys are just completely missing and he was saying things he was saying you know but you lied you lied you lied you told people on purpose that you had 50 million dollars in a trust fund and she was like that's not a big deal in new york that's just casual conversation kind Mm -hmm. of thing and i think they were trying to frame it like that was her being delusional or her being crazy or her being this like master manipulator or liar Whereas she's completely right. The way that a certain type of New York social culture is, is everything is implied. Everything is semi-discussed. People pick up tabs to look wealthy in this way where it's not this explicit thing where you sit down and you just say, I have $60 million and therefore you should do this, this and this. It's all done in the subtle way where everyone's showboating and everyone's trying to present themselves as being more wealthy than they are so everyone's shouting things that they can't afford and she was basically just saying I was part of this culture and the difference was maybe that I didn't yet have the money to do it but in her head she was like if I could just get the seed money that all these other people that I'm with had Mm. I could make money in a legitimate way yeah and I don't understand the difference and there's like a part of me that gets that because I just think that that thing of being around people and she just said she was like super super wealthy people aren't super intelligent and if they're going to read between the lines with things that I say or the way I behave and make assumptions about me I'm not going to correct them it doesn't make me a criminal (laughs) even though she obviously is because she like forged paper (laughs) yeah with the banks who cares if you try and outsmart the banks I know (laughs) justice for Anna but yeah Melissa Caddick her story is so crazy so the police came to raid her mansion in November of 2020 then she completely disappeared so for months the police were chasing her down trying to find where she was her and the money she'd taken 20 million dollars out of savings and left her toy boy husband at (sighs) at their mansion and fully disappeared and then In February, New South Wales police confirmed that her foot had been found over 400 kilometers away from where she was last seen in the ocean. So the police are saying that suicide was the most likely cause of death, but they haven't ruled out foul play. So it's like absolutely batshit crazy story. It's such a crazy story. I just can't help but like get like a gone girl image in my mind as well. That she's not dead, yeah. I just find it insane that like... But if, how- you, if, if you weren't dead and you cut off your foot and threw it in the ocean, <laughs> there's like a high chance that's not going to be found. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like that's not like the best way of faking a suicide. No, I don't think it like traveled the 400 kilometers. I think it was like 
oh. planted me where it was found. Right, because it was found on the beach. Yeah. Yeah, right. But... Sorry, I was like, someone fished it out of the ocean. Grace? <laughs> but I, I, I don't mean to sound like insensitive about her death. I just find the idea that she um, died by suicide in Sydney and that like only her severed foot traveled 400 kilometers down a coast and happened no, to wash up like on a beach. No, or like she was down there and, and committed suicide but then why would it just be her foot yeah that is like dedication to the cause to chop your foot off but i guess you've got 20 million (laughs) dollars yeah i don't know i have a certain level of like i'm just i think we're all fascinated by scammers but i'm like especially fascinated because i just think that we're in a culture right now that rewards a certain level of scamming and i think it's confusing for people i think that if you're born relatively attractive and relatively thin and you took out a $15,000 loan and bought yourself a couple of Bottega Veneta handbags and took like tasteful pictures of them against some fucking like lighting backdrop with a latte. Yeah, people are paying to take photos in private jets. Yeah, you could... Fake private jets. You could... That's a genuine seed capital that you could be investing into a lucrative business opportunity for yourself in the future. You know what I mean? Mm. Because if you post yourself wearing enough aspirational things and you're attractive and you build a following, then you will get paid to post the exact things that you're posting. Quite a handsome amount of money that requires minimal effort. So that idea that people should pretend to have a certain lifestyle that they don't have because further along the line it will afford them the lifestyle that they want isn't stupid. It's based in like factual reality that that can pay off and work for you so i think this idea that we like have this shard and but we love it when we find out that people aren't actually worth as much as they pretend to be or that they've been scamming or whatever and we have this joy and find it funny i understand it but it also comes from this nasty place of pretending that we don't recognize that behavior in ourselves because mm. we all do we're all scamming Finding only pictures where the light makes your face look really nice is like a form of scamming. Yeah, using filters is scamming. (laughs) Using filters is scamming. Only posting your expensive shoes when you buy them is like a form of scamming. Like it's... Yeah, or if you loaned them. Mm. I'm worried that your hair has gone like (laughs) grey. Has it? (laughs) Has it? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.